The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gillen. Hey friends, welcome once again to the program Afternoons with Mike, heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. What a time we had at the NRB 2023. For the entire next week, we're going to be bringing different interviews from some of the participants. I think you're really going to enjoy today's program, too. We have uh, a number of people lined up, three of them to be exact, actually four, because on one of my interviews, I had two folks with me around the table. So without further ado, let's go to some of the interviews that I was able to grab while at the NRB. With me right now is Steve Arterburn. Steve, it's great to have you here on The Shepherd. And knowing your background in new life, it is really exciting to see how God has used you in the media. But you're also a teaching pastor. And just before we started this, I learned that you are a teaching pastor with a a particular gift of humor. Some would say it's skepticism or or whatever. I love it. You're a funny guy. You obviously have been using this your entire life, right? Yes. And you You know, a lot of times people will remember a story. In fact, my my mom, who just died and her funeral was this past Wednesday, we did her funeral on what would have been her 96th birthday. Um, She had three sayings. And uh, the first one was, uh, it's always something. (laughs) And she said that. Uh, she owned three beauty salons, and she discovered she was allergic to hairspray. And so she said, it's always something. And then, if it's not one thing, it's another. She'd say, you know, you think your life would be great if you didn't have this one thing. She said, yeah, but it'd be something. And then her third one was, you never know. And at New Life, we did a mug with her three things. Well, the other day, I was um, at an international Christian coaching institute meeting and a guy said he heard me speak 25 years ago and he remembered the three sayings of my mom so that's pretty wonderful when anybody remembers anything so this uh the apple didn't fall far from the tree then with you my my mother had a great sense of humor right up until the end she would banter back and and uh that's where I, you know, my dad had a, I have a dry humor. My mom does too. My dad, he would be red faced and crying before he finished a joke. He, he just loved humor, but it was always telling a a story or a joke. Mine came from my mom and uh, I miss her a lot. I tell you, I get that. My mom passed a year ago, and I'm still mourning that loss. It's just a wonderful heritage when you have a mom that got to stay with, in my case, all the way 69 years I had her. So that's really great. Well, one of the great things is that there's no unfinished business. You know, the last thing I ever heard her say was, I love you. And uh, we just had a great relationship, and she was always telling me she was proud of me and but I read a letter she wrote when I was 24 and she said Steve I'm so glad you're making such great grades at seminary you know you have a great brain you didn't use it very well in high school (laughs) that's hilarious but you're using it now so that and that's what's important. Now, did you have any notion uh, early on? I know when you were in seminary, uh, taking those classes, uh, really learning about ministry. Did you have any idea the doors that God was going to open for you in New Life Ministries with radio and television? Did you have any idea? Well, the only idea I had was uh, I was head of the assembly committee in high school. And back then, you could actually have people come and preach uh, around Easter. And we had this great pastor, John Bassanio from Houston, Texas. And I went out to greet him because I was head of the assembly committee. And I shake his hand. He's a big guy, very big. 
And he looks down at me, he said, son, I believe you're called to be a preacher. I said, well, I'm a soloist, I'm the student director of the choir, probably that's why you're thinking, he goes, no, I think you're gonna be a preacher. And I had one other person tell me that around that same time. So that was preparing me for that part because all I, I when I was in front of people, it was all singing up until, um, you know, maybe a couple of years after John Bassanio said that. But when I went to seminary, I didn't, I didn't really like the way marriage counseling was done. And I went to work at a psychiatric hospital and it turned to um, an alcohol and drug treatment center by this company that did them all over the country. And so I moved up the ranks of that corporation and, and some men came to me uh, and said, we'd like to give you a couple of million dollars to start your own company. Now that doesn't happen every day. No, no, and I had so many people that I knew that were looking for money, they had ideas. And uh, I said, well, what kind of company do you want me to start? And they said, you, you get to choose. And so I went from nothing to about five years later, we had a, uh, over 90 million in revenue from 32 treatment programs. And then I started this women's conference called Women of Faith that was, you know, it was huge. Have 18,000. Well, and over the life of it, we had over 5 million women and over a half million first-time decisions for Christ. Now, that was such a wonderful surprise. You're, you're such a, a combination of ministry slash broadcasting slash counseling, and then I would add one more, an entrepreneur of conferences and meetings and things like that. This has got to be something that drives you crazy when you see what's going on in our culture today. Oh, it's horrible. You know, uh, in Indiana, it's a very conservative state. In fact, there's a law that our school system, when they're teaching uh, sex ed, the law demands that abstinence be presented as the best choice. And you'd think, boy, that's a great place to bring up kids. But it, it doesn't translate because social media has so infected every area. And it is, it is really bizarre. I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 16-year-old son. And it, it's just shocking what kids just believe to be true. And there's no foundation for it. And uh, it, it's really troubling, very troubling. When you look with your experience and knowing the Word of God as you do, Stephen, when you look at what's going on today, uh, what kind of, uh, I guess, barometer do you see? What kind of outlook do you believe that we have in America today? Well, I think the good news is, um, just like my 14-year-old daughter, she, uh, I mean, we were pretty restrictive on uh, phones and stuff, but you know, it, it doesn't matter. She rides a bus and to school, and so everybody's got phones and, and social media. But she would hear these things and wonder if they were true. And, um, and she kind of bought into it because it's so pervasive. But now um, we're hearing her declare that something, well, that just doesn't make sense or that isn't true. So I do think the good news is that um, younger people may come back. They, you know, that the older folks, they, that's their agenda. They're bought in. Uh, but I'm hoping that she's an indicator that other kids her age start to see that it's really cult-like what's going on. And, you know, they would never believe if I said there were a herd of pink elephants going down the street because I saw it on social media. But the stuff that they believe is just like that. It's just people hear something and they think it must be true. 
It's unfounded what is going on. It's really unprecedented in many ways what's happening right now. But I know a, a lot of people are saying the same thing that you've just said, that there's hope for Gen Z because they are questioning things right now. And there appears to be a greater number of people returning to a, a pro-life stance among the young people than what I believe anybody expected. Yeah, um, sadly, though, um, with the the overturning Roe versus Wade, it really ignited the left, and uh, now it's become a bigger issue than ever. And uh, it, it's really one of those things where, um, like, I don't believe I, I paid for an abortion when I was in college, and um, I almost died over the aftermath of, of just the guilt and shame from it. I don't. I don't think that there's any uh, any situation where abortion is called for. People say, "Well, what about the health of the mother?" Well, that isn't abortion. That that's a, an unintended effect. If you do something to save the mother, and you don't go to a, a pregnancy center and they're saying to mothers, "Well, you have to die so your baby can live," and people say, uh, "Well, what about rape?" and we had a girl that we were raised for two years and she said i am the least valuable human in the world even christians say well of course in the case of abortion of a rape you should have an abortion because she was uh, her mother was raped and she's the result of a rape and she called herself a rape baby and she said, can you imagine what it's like to hear Christians say, well, here's a case where it would be okay. And plus, um, having an abortion doesn't heal the trauma from the rape. In fact, years later, a mother might uh, feel like she was an aggressor against the baby the way the rapist was her. It's a tough issue. I, I just, it's horrible. But uh, even that, I don't think is is a call to to abort a child we punish criminals not yeah. their children yeah. the odd thing is is that so many people are in prison because of of a double murder when a mother who was yeah. pregnant and yet that reasoning does not seem to fly into uh, these situations that are going on right now with uh, this current government uh, stance and the, the culture calling abortion women's health. It, it's all just, it's, it's really a bit of a hypocrisy, right? Oh, it's a lot of hypocrisy, I think. And so many things don't make sense. And you mentioned one, that if you kill a pregnant woman, you are, have two murders on your hands. It's something. Now, I'll tell you, another thing that is something to me is how God opened the doors for you using uh, the whole satellite radio uh, opportunities. How did that come about? Well, we, uh, you know, Sirius was one company and XM was another in the very beginning. Yeah. And we knew the XM people. They were actually supporters of our ministry. And so we got involved with Sirius XM uh, from the very beginning, over on the XM side, and then when it all merged, we, we were on that bigger merge. We've, we've been fortunate to be early on in many things, like we have 1-800-NEW-LIFE, because I beat the other people when 800 numbers came out, and we have newlife.com. So there are about a thousand new life vitamin companies that wish they had beaten me, and then quite a few new life churches that that we beat. Um, but that's always been fun to to have those, and and um, it's just being aware of what's available to get the word out. And fortunately, I have people working for me that understand social media today because I'm not as up on everything as I was back when 800 numbers came out. Well, you know what? Uh, this is uh, an exciting... I'll make sure I had a pause there. I hit a button and I thought to make sure I didn't kill it. This is an exciting uh, conference. 4,000 people attending here in Orlando yeah. for the NRB. Seems bigger than the past several years. Uh, with all that's going on in our culture, I'm sure that's a, a relevant 
part of why so much more interest in the church is here. Yeah, and we we won an award. We won uh, radio program of the year this year, and um, so that's a great thing to. That we've been doing radio for 25 years, and and so that was awesome to get to win that award. That's really very cool. happy about that. You're from Carmel, Indiana. So, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, how did you end up uh, arriving there? Because I know that's not your hometown. No, I was in California, and um, I met my wife out in California. And as we dated, I knew that if I move forward with the relationship I would have to move there she had two boys um, both of us are we had unfaithful spouses and um, so I moved there 18 years ago and it was um, you know it's it's a wonderful place to live Hoosier land is not bad at all right no no it's great and um, there's a lot that I lived in Laguna Beach and so there weren't big parks and things there was the ocean and the beach and that's what you did but in Indiana there are just so many things that you can do and um, it, it's they really focus on the outdoors and parks and all sorts of fun things so we've enjoyed it have you ever gone snow skiing at Paoli Peaks I have definitely have and we've been inner tubing and all these things that maybe you wouldn't expect to do in Indiana. Well, I, I had an accident there at Paoli one time, and someone fell in front of me while I was skiing down one of those slopes. A surprisingly great slopes there in Paoli. Yeah. People, they even have a black mountain, which I might add, I fell down one time. I, I don't think I skied down it. I think I fell down the entire one. You qualified for gray, <laughs> not black, just gray. Well, I didn't qualify for it, believe me. <laughs> well, it's really great to talk with you. What are you and what are you expecting for 2023 looking on into another election year? What are your thoughts uh, going forward about the culture and what changes do you anticipate? Well, quite frankly, I don't think uh, that I've ever read about or experienced a worse presidency than what's going on right now. Uh, Just the border issue, um, not talking about it, not doing anything to fix it. I think it truly is a situation where they're letting everybody in thinking they're going to be Democrats. And and, um, I don't talk about politics on our program at all. So I get to right here. But um, I think that the Republicans have a really great chance of taking back the White House if people somehow would go in the voting booth and no matter what side they're on would just vote because it makes sense. And uh, electing Joe Biden again doesn't make sense. He's He was too old before and he's too old now. Um, but we're, we're excited about doing what we're doing. We have a, a partnership with Museum of the Bible for a women's event that we're doing with them called Lumina. And uh, it's a one, we did two last year with them. And uh, it's just a wonderful event for women and for the museum. I love the Museum of the Bible. Mm-hmm. My wife and I were mm-hmm. founding donors and then right before it opened someone took a early tour and uh, one of my bibles is in the museum of the bible life recovery bible that's exciting uh, Stephen. i really appreciate you taking the time to be with us here i I did not know that last fact that you have a bible in the museum that's that's awesome yeah it really certainly is well i want to thank you for being with us here today and we wish you and new life the best and excited for your radio and your television and your ministry and all you're doing for these women's ministries as well thank you for what you're doing well mike you do well on the mic and i was glad to get to speak with you maybe we can do it again god bless pastors and financial leaders do you need expert accounting or tax help Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855 
481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Here at the NRB, I've said it before, and it is always great to sit down and talk face-to-face with people that you've only had an opportunity to do so on the phone. And that is the case for Mark Hancock. Uh, We are big in The Shepherd. We are big fans of something that Mark leads and is a a major contributor to the, the success of an organization called Trail Life. And this began uh, kind of in the response to what the Boy Scouts did, uh, which was a shameful thing that we've all seen and it's going on like many other things that are happening in our culture today. But I am grateful for people like Mark Hancock. Welcome to my program, my friend. Mike, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on again. You know, the last time again we did this was over the phone. And back then uh, you were telling me about your role, how you came in Mm -hmm. uh, into leadership in this. So bring us up to date. What's new right now with Trail Life? Yeah, well, exciting thing. We're coming up on our 10th anniversary now, which is just crazy to think that we've been at it it for that long. But, you know, you, you know our beginnings back when the Boy Scouts began to kind of abandoned their traditional Christian values and volunteers across the country said, we got to do something about this. And so we're 10 years down the road now and we just chartered our 1000th troop uh, in March. Congratulations. Yeah. And we're on all 50 states, over 50,000 members now, Mike, and Trail Life USA active around the country. You know, my friend John uh, John Stenberger just talked about uh, this, that very milestone at uh, his meeting last Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And that is a big deal, a thousand in every state. Now that, I'm not surprised at the thousand, but I Mm -hmm. am surprised that you're in every state in, even in 10 years. That's a big accomplishment. Yeah, it is a big deal. And I think it has to do with, uh, you know, just the parents parents saying, you know, we want a community of like-minded believers that we can get our sons involved with, you know, because it's so important for boys to be around a community uh, that shares shares values. They're going to adopt the values of whoever there is with us. So if you're sending them to school every day, that's who they're spending most of the time with. Or if you're sending them to uh, even a sports activity, if it's not Christ-centered, they're going to adopt that. So so Trail of USA is Christ-centered, boy-focused, unapologetically Christian, and what a great community, not just of adults, the adult leaders, so there's a brotherhood of Trail Life leaders across 17,000 mm-hmm. volunteers yeah. who are brothers, but also to raise our sons in an environment uh, with people of like-minded values. And know? especially a dad-friendly, a dad-welcoming environment. It really is. In fact, we encourage dads, yeah. of course, to get involved with their sons. But another magical thing, Mike, is that there's so many boys in a program that don't have a, ba- have a dad. You know, one in four boys is now raised in a household without a dad. 76% of public school teachers oh, are female. So majority, a huge majority of Sunday school teachers are female. So girls have these tremendous models of leaders. leaders. Uh, that that uh, that um, single mom leading that household, that's a Herculean task mm-hmm. to do that by herself. So girls have these great examples. Boys are lacking in examples of male leadership. So in Trail F USA, we're a male-centric organization. We don't apologize for the fact that we think that it takes godly men to raise godly boys. And so single moms are placing their sons in the program to be surrounded by these godly men. And we're seeing amazing uh, uh, results. Uh, just uh, a couple of months ago, I heard about a, a young man in, in California a single mom was raised by a single mom and he was receiving the highest award in trail life which is the freedom award very difficult to get mm-hmm. if, you, if you're familiar with the eagle scout it's like that yep. but it's harder and it has a lot of faith elements to it so he stood in front of this room full of men and if you can imagine if you were a single mom sitting out there his mom seen him give this speech and he said i need to thank the men in this room he said you taught me how to shave and you taught me how to love jesus Wow. And I thought that is that it's is golden. gold there. Yeah, yeah that is that? some serious gold yeah. right yeah. there. And, and that mom sitting there saying, "Yeah, thank God that these men were around my son to show him how to be a man to teach him the things I couldn't teach him." But then you have the fathers and sons in the program too, and dads connecting with their sons in a totally different way. Men connecting with each other. There's really some amazing stuff going on in the you ministry. know the motivation of this culture. We know that behind all of this, the enemy. There's a real enemy to Christianity, and he does not want. 
um, the, the, the truths of the Bible to be espoused and to be talked about. And, you know, you, you, you th- know that. I mean, that's not a surprise. What is a surprise to me is how many adults that are in government today, in leadership in different ways, that are willing to capitulate the role of, of a mentor to a young man and willing to throw out and make this ambiguous scenario where uh, masculinity that used to be talked about with in, in a good way is now considered toxic. Yeah. You wonder what in the world their motivation, why have they bought so much into this? It's hard for me to believe that in America that would happen. Yeah, no, it's all, it, it feels intentional. I mean, it is such yeah. a strong a strong thing where how, how, how masculinity has been discounted, or at least bi- biblical masculinity. And, and we paint all young men and men with that toxic masculinity brush. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a biblical masculinity, there's Christ-likeness, it's synonymous with manhood, with good biblical manhood, and that's what we're restoring in Trail Life USA. And we're unapologetic about that. We know that it takes Christian men to raise godly boys and it takes it, it takes a commitment to those the, yeah. those values and we're just not seeing it anywhere else in our culture today so and, true yeah. you know you're seeing the brushback in our culture anheuser-busch just ask them there's a there is a brushback that's real and now i'm wondering if it's going to happen with target mm. now this obviously 10 years ago this happened to the boy scouts mm-hmm. and there was a rising an uprising and a well-deserved one yeah. thank god for it yeah where people like yourself stood up and said no this is not the way our young men need to go. Yeah. Well, I think that it, it surprises us to see that pushback because the voice that has that holds a microphone right now is so strident against our causes. But I got to tell you, there are families who are rushing to Trail Off USA saying, there's people who stand for something. They're not apologetic about it. That's what I want to be a part of. And that's why we see these uprising of people saying, you know, so far, but not too far. Mm-hmm. And and so, so you're seeing more and more. I believe there's a remnant rising Mike around the country, like I said, seventeen thousand men in Trail of USA who are saying, "I am going to take on the responsibility of raising the next generation." You know, we look at these boys. Now, you and I have the advantage of being able to reach back and say, "Okay, we we know what marriage is. We've seen it." But these boys are being raised in an environment their entire lives. Marriage has had a different definition than what it had for eons. So they're raised in that culture. They're breathing this air around things like the the gender fluidity and all these things. So, so, So we get to reach back and say, no, here's the truth. And boys are desperate for truth because everything... Can you imagine being a boy in the culture today? The confusion around, I mean, when a Supreme Court justice nominee can't define a woman, can you imagine if you're a (laughs) 10-year-old boy, uh, uh, how you define who it is that you are with the examples that we have in our culture today? You know, the, the athletes aren't aren't giving a, us good Christian examples. Politicians no. aren't. The movie stars aren't. So there's these men around the country who are saying somebody has to step in in that spot and say, this is what biblical masculinity looks like, young man. And we believe that we're raising a generation of boys, Mike. We're just not providing an ark for them to hide on and stay safe. And stay safe. Right. We believe we're building also a battleship, and these boys that, that we're sharing those values that we know about with them, they are going to not just stand against this cultural tide, but we believe they will turn back the tide itself by standing up for what's right and what it is that they need. But somebody has to show them the way, and that's why we have men in this program. They don't even have sons in the program, but they're in there because they say, "Listen, somebody's got to do something about this next generation," mm-hmm. and they're giving their lives, and they found this brotherhood of trailmen across the country, and true brothers in this program are standing side by side committed to raising the next generation of godly young men i love it you know there was a a recent interview i did and this topic came up about standing up against the tie like you just said a moment ago and the idea of the the story in the bible of shadrach meshach and abednego standing up against what the pressure of everyone around them to bow to kneel and 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 they were going to do it. And uh, I, I tell you, I had a guy one time that used that story in a most amazing way. He said, you know, three of them went into the fire. Mm-hmm. And when they looked inside the fire, there were four. Mm-hmm. And yet when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out, only three came out. Mm-hmm. And he paused and he looked at me and he said, the fourth man is still in the fire. Wow. I just think that's a powerful picture. That is a powerful picture. And I think these young men that are, are standing up, are, they're going to have to stand up. Even the ones that are too young to realize they're going to have to do it. They're going to, some of them, be thrown into the fire. Yeah. But we have confidence to know that when that happens, 
yeah. the fourth man is still in wow, the fire. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. So, you know, and that's what's tragic about the Boy Scouts. Here's an organization over 100 years gave us presidents and senators and astronauts and generals and, and civic leaders just decided one day, and they weren't forced to do this. A lot of people think that, oh, they had to change because of laws or whatever. They didn't. They gave up a Supreme Court uh, decision in yeah. their favor to abandon the values that they had held for years. And so when, I, when my son, who was an Eagle Scout, um, he got his Eagle Award the month before the Boy Scouts changed their changed their thing, and then he left uh, Boy Scouts, joined Trail Off at USA, and earned our highest award. But the, the Boy Scouts reached out to him and said, listen, we noticed that you haven't re, re-engaged. You haven't renewed your membership. Uh, is there a reason why you haven't re- rejoined your membership? He was 13 years old. He said, Dad, can I respond to this email? And I said, of course you can, son, but, you know, you want to be respectful. He prayed about it. He came in the next day. He, he said, Dad, I want you to see the response I'd like to send them. And he handed it to me. And I was expecting a tome because he's a, he was a philosophy major, just loved to write and loved to argue things. And he had a three-word response, Mike. He said, you weren't brave. Ah. And I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, that. And so you can imagine me as a dad. That message to me is, you better be brave for this kid. Yeah, it's going to take it. Because this is a kid who committed yeah. his life to their highest award, and he walked away because yeah. they didn't stand for truth. Oh. And boys are looking for somebody who will make that stand. And as much as you can say, it's not likely that they're going to build statues of us in the public square because of what we're doing for boys, they're more likely to burn us there. Yeah, but but we've got to stand for something, and that is so attractive to young men who said, who is going to stand for the truth? I will follow after them, and that's what we're doing in Trail Life. Well, we're going to have to have people who are willing to have courage because we know that uh, they're going to be fighting against not only the people that they would be bumping up to face-to-face, one-on-one, but the entire culture, the Mm. news media are all complicit in pushing this agenda. And we're uh, uh, the expression that has really captured my mind of late, we're not being told just to accept that agenda, Mm. be it transgenderism or whatever. We're told to celebrate it. We're told to get excited about it. And anyone who doesn't is is less than good. And that's the courage that it's going to take for these people to stand up. Yeah. What are you seeing change uh, for the good? I know you've mentioned already growth, yeah. and that's a great thing. What are the hopes for maybe your next goals in America? Yeah, well, we're seeing we're seeing change. We're seeing men stand up, and we know how it ends. You know, So we can't be discouraged during this time. We've got to be brave, and we have to stand on our principles. Because of that with Trail Off USA, we are facing our 10-year anniversary which is exciting. Um, our, we, we have a campaign right now to rescue America's boys. We plan mm. on having a trail life troop within 30 minutes of 90% of the boys in America within 10 years. That's because great. we want every boy to have the opportunity to be in a trail life yeah. troop. You know, we know every boy isn't going to be in a trail life troop because there are a lot of people who don't agree with what it is that we're, that we're uh, 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 providing to our boys. But we want every boy to have the opportunity and so we're we're on our way. We have 371 markets and, uh, to, that that we have to hit where there's boys that don't have a trail life troop within 30 minutes, and we've got to get a troop there so that boy can say, "I want to be a part of that." Mom, Dad, can you get me to this thing? And hopefully that dad will say, "Yeah, not only will I take you, I'll stay there with you, and not only will I raise you because I'm your dad, but I will stand in the gap for those boys who don't have a dad, and I'll be a dad like for other boys in that troop." That is just that is my dream. That is my vision. For this remnant, this army of men who say, I will stand up for this next generation of young men. You're not only going to get dads doing that, but I tell you real soon, you're going to have the kids who've grown up. And, you know, the thing you said earlier about how some kids have grown up with not knowing a family at all. Mm -hmm. There are going to be some kids now that have grown up and their entire life has been spent Mm -hmm. in trail life. Yeah. And the impact of that is going to be producing in them a leader that is going to be joining with the voices of adults. Yeah. And they're going to be firsthand experiencers yeah. of this kind of a thing. You know, that is so exciting. You know, we our highest award, the Freedom Award, one of the things the boys do as part of that award is they write their life ambition essay. So they're talking about their experience in trail mm-hmm. life and what it is they're going to do with their life. Well, I read every single one of those essays because I just want it, because I just love seeing the result of the program, and I want to make sure that we're delivering to these boards what it is we promised. And not we're not there yet because we've only been around 10 years, but I'm looking forward to the first Freedom Ambition essay that I read that says, I joined at five years old mm-hmm. when I was a fox. We start with fox, hawks, mountain lions, 
and we looked at Navigators and Adventures. I joined at five years old, and here I am, the Freedom Award, where he has joined as early as he can and gone That's through it. all the ranks and accomplished all the programs. <laughs> we haven't been around long enough for that, but they're getting close. You're getting close. They're saying I started as a yeah. mountain lion, which is a, which is usually an eight- or nine-year-old boy. Yeah. So we're getting close. So we'll, pretty soon we'll see seven- and eight-year-old boys, six- and seven-year-olds, and then I'm going to see that five-year-old boy who started and finished the highest award. I'm looking forward to that. My prayer is that you are just overwhelmed with what would be positive peer pressure from these young people who are doing just that and make it to where these people that are not doing it are feeling like, hey, I'm missing something. I'm missing something good. And I think our culture, you know, our culture is thirsting. They just don't realize what a drink is available to them if they would only take it. Yeah, I think you're right. And so many families that are surprised when they can get in the culture trail, if you would say, to say, first of all, I didn't know you were here. When I found you, I didn't know there were people who, who, because... Like I said, the voices are so they're so muted. Voices of truth in our culture. You know, truth is an incredible disadvantage in our culture today. But truth wins. <laughs> That's right. In the end, it yeah, wins. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And we have confidence of that, and it's going it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Give us your website. Yeah, traillifeusa.com, traillifeusa.com. Two L's in the middle, Trail Life. And if you go there right now, yeah, you get a, f- a free book, uh, Raising Godly Boys. We talk about the four-step fru- proven process for turning boys into godly men. Mike, we guarantee our troops that if the boys aren't becoming godly men, they get their money back. Now, that's, that's a, a money-back guarantee. money-back guarantee. <laughs> you know, I was a youth pastor for 15 years. I couldn't make that yeah. guarantee. But we can make that guarantee because we're on to something here. We yeah. understand boys. And you can click on find a troop it shows you a map of the united states you put in your zip code and it'll show you the troop that is nearby and if you don't have one it shows you how to start a troop and if you're in one of those 371 markets if you look and there isn't a troop within 30 minutes of you god is calling you to to meet the needs of that community give that boy in that community the opportunity right. to be part of trail life got just enough time for this last question what state is the fastest growing right now oh gosh um i'm gonna have to guess at that uh you know, we're really big across the southeast. I'm going to guess either Tennessee or Texas. Now, oh, Texas, it's easy for them to grow because they yeah. start out so hey, big. Everything's big in <laughs> Texas. <laughs> but in terms of percentage of growth, uh, where the, where it's, there's really wildfire, it, it probably is Texas and, and Tennessee and just sweeping down uh, through, through there. We're seeing a lot of growth. Well, congratulations on a thousand troops and you're on your way in all 50 states. That is such an accomplishment. Mark, it's great. Mark Hancock, give us that web address one more time. TrailLifeUSA.com. Look for find a troop or start a troop. That's it. Thank you, Mark. Enjoy the conference. And we're going to be right back here on Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Hey, with me today at the NRB, so exciting to finally do a face-to-face with Joel Noble from Samaritan Ministries. And my goodness, man, we've had a, a lot of conversations on the phone. Here we are at the NRB. What are your, what's your take on the NRB so far? Well, it's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big venue, and uh, I'm getting a lot of steps in, uh, but it's uh, great to be here. It's great to be on the show. Uh, great message. Um, I mean, we got to hear Franklin Graham last night. Wasn't that something? It was, yeah. It's no. always encouraging, and, uh, you know, for a second, uh, when he walks out and you kind of— uh, I thought it was Billy Graham. Yeah, I thought, too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you would have thought it was his dad. I yes. mean, there was He's this been, hush— over it was like <gasps> a gasp yeah. that was in yeah, the room like exactly. holy cow i mean as he's yeah. gotten older and i've not seen him this is my first ever face to face but he's grown his hair much like what his dad yes, did exactly number one he's you know uh, he, I, I can't relate he's got the hair to do that with. yes <laughs> yes i also i'm struggling in that area also <laughs> right. yeah yeah so uh, it was amazing and then his humility yes i i, I had to just say i thought that he was one of the most humble speakers i've ever heard before yeah it it was a great message and just that that comfort that comes with the humility also just to you know just bring bring the gospel and uh, just stand on that truth 
podcast. Yeah. Yep. So you're here representing one of the best known and widely used uh, ministries for Christian health care sharing that's in the country today. And Samaritan Ministries, they're continuing to grow, right? Yeah. So um, we it's uh, steady, um, not uh, maybe as large as we saw, um, you know, maybe a decade ago. Uh, but like uh, a lot of, uh, you know, ministries, it ebbs and flows. You know, there's times of, uh, of large growth and time where, you know, it kind of plateaus. Mm-hmm. And so um, we have found, uh, you know, as we you know work on programs and stuff, we often look back and think, well, God protected us from, from rapid growth in that season, uh, and never, never know why. And uh, so, but yeah, um, we you know continue to grow and uh, just continue to serve the the members that that we have. That's really yeah. great. The concept for those that might be listening, and I, I doubt this has happened anymore, but it just could be that people aren't aware of the difference in insurance and what you guys do at Samaritan. Yeah. So Samaritan Ministries is healthcare sharing, which is a biblical alternative to insurance. So it's direct sharing of medical needs without using insurance. Mm-hmm. And the example I always use is just my own family. Um, I have four boys. When they were born, um, each time I went to the hospital ahead of time, we worked out a cash uh, price. Um, I turned that into Samaritan, and then they assigned uh, folks to send to me. So I got personal checks in the mail, mm. uh, cashed those checks, went mm-hmm. and paid my wife's doctor, paid the hospital. And then each month, I'm assigned somebody to send to. So uh, for my family of six, uh, we currently share at $368. And so the share amounts based on the family size, it's set you know, based on your family size. So each month I'm writing a check or I may go on to like a bill pay service, um, one of the electronic ones, and send that directly to the person I'm assigned to. And I send them a note, let them know I'm praying for yeah, them. What and, a touch. Yep. Again, something that doesn't happen in insurance. Nope, not at all. Yeah. 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 My uh, middle one, who is now about to turn 17, uh, I can remember all the way back um, I received a uh, outfit in the mail when he was born, uh, a uh, uh, older uh, lady send us a onesie uh, <laughs> along with a check for oh, back then was wow. probably about $150 and uh, so that kind of thing is uh, you know it's nice to have your bills paid obviously uh, but knowing someone's praying for you and the touches like that um, is what uh, makes it you know even better. Well you, you mentioned a family of six yeah and try to find traditional health insurance premium at 330 or whatever that was that you mentioned that you're paying right now. Yeah. So, yeah, when, uh, so I've been with Samaritan 22 years, and prior to that, um, I was on, you know, my parents' insurance, a uh, Fortune 500, you know, company my dad worked for. Uh, but when I got married, when we first looked at insurance, uh, right before we joined Samaritan, it was about $900 a month, and that would have been 22 years ago now mm-hmm. for just for just me and my wife. So that's no maternity, no nothing else. Um, I've not looked you know, in a long time, but talking to other folks, I, I'm sure it's in the about 2000 range, you know, for a family my size. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, when uh, th- this is a story I love to tell because it's, to me, always been a joke. The AF, the uh, American Affordable Insurance, the, what is that? What was the acronym? ACA. Affordable Care Act, yeah. ACA. When that came around, uh, everyone was told, well, first the words were free insurance, and then they kind of scrubbed that one. Not only did they scrub it from their talk, I think they scrubbed it from the Internet, too. Yeah. I don't think you can find them saying that health and care should be free anymore yeah. like they did in the beginning. But that aside, uh, this thing was supposed to be affordable. And then I know when my wife, I tried to get just care for her through ACA, and her premium was going to be $1,800 a month just for her. Yeah. Healthy woman. Yeah. And so folks find even when they get to a monthly price that may be affordable, the deductible in insurance is so high, it almost makes it unusable. Yeah. And then the other is that even if it's affordable, a lot of times your provider that you like is no longer part of that network and you got to make a choice. You know, do I find a new provider in my network? And that's one of the things that I love about Samaritan is I'm complete control of my healthcare dollars. I can see any provider I want uh, just because I'm a cash pay patient and I'm not, you know, struck with, you know, my employer or the government or anyone else telling me which doctor to see. And we found when we were with Samaritan for my wife that some things that traditional insurance would not have covered 
actually was covered if they're part of the treatment that was a allowable treatment. And Samaritan covered that too. Yeah. So, you know, we're sharing in, in supplements. We're, you know, sharing in uh, al alternative treatments. Um, you know, we have, you know, guidelines uh, around that. But like you said, there's things that, you know, normally um, insurance would not be covering that the members have decided to share in. Um, just because they find, you know, it's a lot of times better, better treatment. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Well, this event that we are gathered at, the National Religious Broadcasters, it's being billed as the biggest media uh, kind of conference or convention in the world. And what, a, what would uh, Samaritan be experiencing this week here as you guys are taking the message of your company out to all these broadcasters? What are you guys experiencing? So really just trying to let folks know that there is an alternative. We live in an insurance-minded world, um, you know, car, you know, house, uh, health, everything. You think that you need insurance, and a lot of folks think that, well, I can't survive without insurance, and there is an alternative, and it's not something that's new. Um, when you think back, before World War II, this is really how folks did healthcare. It was uh, through the family, through fraternal societies, through the church. Um, and so you, you know, worked out a deal with your doctor. And if there's things that went uh, above and beyond that, that were unaffordable, uh, the community stepped in, your family stepped in, the church stepped in. Mm -hmm. So really, this is, you know, just a uh, something that's been around for thousands of years that uh, just kind of fell out, you know, for a few decades. And uh, isn't that back, something yeah. that it, it took maybe just the kind of environment and world situation before something that is as old as helping your neighbor. I yeah. mean, I, I go back and I think early America, the barn raisings. And, exactly. And people were involved with each other, not in the same concept as what Hillary Clinton's It Takes a Village, yeah. but in a, a more godly way, in a more biblically based way. And that's the thing about your company that I love so much is that it is unabashedly, unashamedly biblical in its approach. Yeah, it really is. And that's one of the other things I hear. Uh, besides the price, besides the choice, um, a huge draw is that they know their healthcare dollars are not going to things that violate mm -hmm. their biblical conscience. Uh, things like abortion and gender reassignment, those things. Uh, you mentioned the ACA. When it uh, came out, um, I was in public policy and I'd kind of was regretting not being on the phones as much dealing with the members like I had been before that and I actually got to speak to a lady that had just joined and she shared with me uh, in tears that she thought she had no other choice but to have to pay for abortion because she was going to have to get something under the ACA oh, wow. being forced to and I was almost in tears by the end of that, that phone call knowing that you know we had something out there for her and uh, and she was just you know it was tears of, of joy knowing like my dollars are not going to go towards abortion. You know another aspect of this we got just enough time uh, to to cover this question another aspect would be what seems like th th what that young lady experienced what she was believing as the basis of her knowledge base if you will about insurance it was not true at all it would appear that the neither the government nor the news media is very helpful in really saying here are alternatives for you here are real health care options they, they you're not getting that kind of help from the news media or the government are you no it's a lot of times the opposite that uh, especially state departments of insurance um, they want you know everyone to be to be on in insurance and um, they think you know that's that's the best for everybody mm -hmm. and uh, so that's often the the struggle we have at least in my area is, you know, just keeping ourselves away from the Department of Insurance. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're well-meaning folks in a lot, a lot of states, and they do, you know, great work, but we're not insurance. And so, you know, there's attorney generals that oversee charities like us. And uh, so, you know, fortunately, to our knowledge, we've never had any complaint to any government authority, insurance department or, or otherwise. And, you know, we're very proud of that. But, you know, there is regulation. And uh, so... Um, it's uh, that's really the the struggle day in and day out is just uh, keeping the uh, Department of Insurance. We're, we're seeing a, a big disparity in the states across America right now, and the way yeah. they're applying the laws and or maybe not applying the laws might be a better way yeah. to say it. How is it for Samaritan in in states like California 
Are you able to cover there? We are. We have actually a lot of members in California, and uh, we were fortunate. Uh, California is one of the uh, states that uh, took up the ACA penalty after it went away on the federal level. A handful of states uh, enacted their own state level, and we were able to... Um, work with them and say, look, we were exempt in the ACA and you're trying to model the ACA. It seems appropriate that you would exempt our members on the state level. And uh, that went forward, you know, there, New Jersey, uh, another place, Rhode Island, a few others. Uh, So um, we've been fortunate there um, in California and uh, just uh, our, you know, probably our top four state actually Mm, mm -hmm. um and so as as folks are you know looking for uh you know something other than insurance give us the website and information on how people can find out more yeah so samaritanministries.org uh best place to start Uh, it's got the guidelines there it's got a cost calculator you can look at the two programs we offer uh, a couple different ones depending on on how much you want to uh you know take care of yourself before Mm -hmm. you before you share um and then uh if you don't find what you're looking for there uh there's a phone number and i always tell folks that uh the folks that you speak to on the phone are there to explain Samaritan, not to sell it. There's no incentive for them to get you to sign up. They're not getting a commission. No commission, no mm-hmm. nothing at all. And so they just uh, love talking about Samaritan. And there's not going to be a question that you're going to ask they've not heard before. I'm pretty sure at this point. <laughs> so put them to the test. And uh, I say that, and I should probably follow up with them and say, did you get a, <laughs> did you get a question yet? Right. Uh, but, yeah, they're great folks. I love bragging on them. Uh, so check out the website, SamaritanMinistries.org. If you don't find what you need there, phone. Last Just, question. Yep. How long does it take somebody that, let's say they really are love what they're here and they're wanting to go from the first call to being covered? How long does that take? Uh, so you can download an application on there and uh, send it in. Um, checking myself. I don't think that we take credit card, uh, but I think you can probably do like a PayPal type thing mm-hmm. uh, on there. And so you could probably get signed up uh, hopefully same day and uh, you, you start uh, start that's, date. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we wish you the best, Joel, and glad to finally get to meet you face-to-face. Absolutely. This is great. Joel Noble from Samaritan Ministries. That's all the time we have for today's program. More interviews from the NRB coming next week, and we'll see you then right here on Afternoons with Mike.